get started. God, thank you for this chance to meet tonight. We pray during this time. You just speak in our hearts and our lives and just show us what you have for us this morning. We pray we're challenged um, by your words, and we walk out of here tonight just um, something new, something different, uh, where we can be encouraged just to look more like you. Name I pray. Amen. All right, let's uh, let's get started. So, we are on break trail week two of our six week series. Come out looking at the footsteps of Jesus. Um, we have a lot of information about Jesus' life here on earth, but we don't know everything, right? And so, I, I, like, I have questions about Jesus. Does anybody ever have just weird questions they want to know about Jesus? Like, what was his favorite food? Yeah. Maybe. Like, did he have, like, a favorite? The figs or what? Maybe, yeah. Did he Did he have a favorite joke he likes to tell people? Did they have drugs? I don't know if they had drugs. I mean, I know... I know Jesus... I know Jesus never sinned, but did he ever make, like, a mistake? Like, he's walking and, like, he stubbed his toe... That kind of a mistake, not like, you know, he sinned, but did he think he ever made a mistake like that and like stubbed his toe or anything? Nobody? Nobody but me? Okay, cool. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, in our family computer, so that's what we had to do back in the day. We had a family computer, big desktop. It was sat in our living room, and that's where everybody used a computer. You had to use dial-up internet because it was that fast. And so uh, I was sitting there, and I think I was listening to music probably through like LimeWire or Napster because Spotify wasn't a thing. And YouTube was not a thing either, which is hard for you guys to believe. YouTube was not a thing. And so I was playing. I had, I had a pencil out. So I was playing with a pencil. like you know, This is a pen. And you know, this is the eraser. So I was just playing drums, doing the music. And I went to put the pencil back up onto the cabinet. And I didn't get it high enough. And so I went to reach it. And it, did, it did this and hit the edge of the thing. And it just stuck out of me like this. And you can still see right here. You can still see the, where the graphite was in my hand. That was... It's a pretty stupid mistake. Something innocent, something just silly. It's okay. It's fine. It just stuck out like that. It's just balanced. It's fine, Olivia. So, no, no, I didn't go through, but it was enough to, like, when I move my hand, it's still sticking out like this. Yeah. Huh? It's, it's, it was wonderful. Has anybody else ever hurt themselves in a stupid way? I was just playing drums. Nice. I feel like you have a lot of these kind of stories, yeah. Okay. I was like, so, I was in my movie, so pre-K kindergarten, I was outside of the playground and I ran to somebody and got a goose leg in my head and my glasses like this and I went to my daughter's car with this. I'm sure we could probably sit here and look at your stories um, and hear people or hear the stories you did, especially from Jackson, probably give us stories all night. Um, but uh, I'm guessing some of you guys can maybe relate to somebody who got himself hurt in a really stupid way. Why is this breaking, Maddox? What are you doing to my stuff? 
Why does this keep doing this tonight? I need to teach from way back here tonight. Teach somebody how to come work this thing. Yeah, cause it's a little complicated. I enjoy having breakfast in bed. I like waking up with this fellow baking soon. And since I don't have a phone or actually a laptop, so most nights before I go to bed, I will write six strips of bacon out on my children's morning bread. Then I go to sleep. When I wake up, I plug in the drip. I go back to sleep again. Then I wake up to the smell of caffeine bacon. It is delicious and good for me. First way I start the day. Today, I got up, I stepped onto the grill, and I went down on my foot. That's it. I don't see what's so hard to think about. He heard himself in two ways. Sometimes we do stuff like this. You know, when Michael grilled his foot in, in rancid bacon grease on this George Foreman, he wasn't looking for people to tell him what to do. He certainly wasn't looking for someone to laugh at him. All he wanted was for somebody to bless you, was to come to his house, pick him up, bring him to work so he could be around his friends. I, I mean, his coworkers, right? The, the, yeah. But sometimes when we're hurt, people will try to show up for us, but not always in the ways that we want or ways that we need. And the first, you know, like a few weeks ago in our other series about Job's friends. They showed up, but maybe not in the way that he needed. People might try to show up with the first aid kit to try and fix your problem for you. Uh, but I think we all know a fix isn't always as important as a friend. Sometimes when we're hurt, people want to give us advice, right? So maybe they call you or text you, try to give you some advice. But really, we just want someone to call, give us a call and just listen as we talk and not just offer up words. Maybe sometimes the best medicine, if you will, for a tough day is a friend or family member who shows up with your favorite snack to remind you that they see you, give you tropical burst peeps or whatever one you like the most. I don't know which ones you guys. What was your favorite peep you had tonight? Coffee. Coffee? Sometimes you just need someone who's willing to pick you up when you need to take a moment to breathe or just to get away from a tough situation, just to pick you up in their car, just to go and just to... Take you out of wherever you may be. But sometimes when we're going through tough or something painful, it feels like nobody understands. And when life already hurts, people add to that hurt. Maybe, maybe they don't mean to add to that hurt when they fail to get to know our pain. It's not because they don't want to help or they don't care. It's just hard to really understand what other people are going through sometimes, right? Right? Like if you've never experienced something, it's hard to understand what somebody's going through. I've never lost a child. But, you know, I've known people that have lost a kid, you know, in, in death, and I can't say, hey, I understand, because I don't, right? It's hard. We don't understand those kind of things, so it's hard for us to understand what they're going through sometimes. Although it's never easy to experience pain, it helps when we know that we are not alone. Once in a while, a tragedy occurs that unites people in their pain, like when the world loses somebody who is seen as a trailblazer. I mean, that's what we look at yeah, this whole series is so far as... as Someone who, who blazed the trail. That's because that's Steve Jobs, Ruby Ridges, right? You remember that? Those pictures of those people? Yes? No? Yeah, those pictures of those people. So we've got some, some trailblazers. 
Uh, remember the, the, the term breaking trail, it's what you do when you encounter deep snow that's too tough to navigate. When something that happens, one hiker usually goes ahead, blazes the trail, maybe not with fire, but they, they walk through it so other people can, can go behind them. It's so much easier to walk in the tracks of somebody else who's already broken the trail. And these people are called trailblazers. We don't always use that term, of course, literally. Sometimes just a trailblazer, someone who has forged a new and a, and a different kind of path. Uh, one of my favorite actors, Chadwick Boseman. You guys know who he was? Played Black Panther. Um, knew him back when he, when he was on 42. He played Jackie Robinson. Incredible actor who people saw as a trailblazer. Before his premature death to cancer, he made the most of his career, not just for himself, but for the next generation as well. In the Smithsonian National Museum of, uh, of African American History and Culture, it said this of Chadwick. It says, he was not only a conduit to the past in the way African Americans persevered and pushed through so many challenges. He also represented brightness and the promise of tomorrow. Here, This is a little quick excerpt of a, a tribute video for him that was made by Marvel. Chadwick is a, is a really smart, interesting, dynamic guy, and I think he was not overwhelmed, but very surprised and somewhat taken aback by the amount of love. It ceased to become just about how well they have a role model stuff. It's become part of our culture just as a symbol. This moment is one of the most amazing things I've ever experienced. It's quantized. What it means to people. At times, in Chadwick's death was painful for so many young people who, looked, who looked, looked up to him as that trailblazer. In case you guys aren't aware, Easter Sunday, of course, is this Sunday, right? Which means believers all over the world are looking forward to celebrating the day of the resurrection of Jesus. But before we get there, it's important to remember the pain that came first. Before Jesus' followers really had a reason to celebrate, they had to deal with the loss of Jesus. The trailblazer who who blazed new trails and showed them new ways of understanding what God is like. When some, when some people think about God, they think about someone who's far away and not relatable to them. They see God as someone who might be able to solve their problems, but not someone who can actually relate to their painful or frustrating things in their life. But Jesus shows us that's not true. Turn over to Matthew 27. Matthew 27. Come on, Bible drill people. Weren't you there yet? Matthew 27. We're going to start in verse 27. Do you want one of these? Like well, on your graduation Sunday, I guess, or what? Yeah? Matthew 27, starting in verse... 27. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters and they gathered the whole battalion before him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. 
And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. When they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, that compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall, but when he tasted it, he would not drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. And two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusted in God. Let God deliver him now, if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. So when Jesus was arrested and eventually killed, he felt every type of pain imaginable. Obviously, Jesus was physically in pain. He was beaten with fists, with whips, and other ancient weapons. Nails were driven through his hands and his feet. When he hung on the cross, he couldn't breathe. Jesus felt the pain of being insulted. People questioned Jesus' authenticity, took and gambled his clothes to humiliate him and mocked him in everything that he lived and he fought for. Jesus felt the pain of being betrayed. Like we said last week, many of the people Jesus loved walked away from him. Jesus was abandoned by many people who had been close to him. At this time at the cross, one of his disciples, one, was there. That was it. Jesus felt the pain of seeing his loved ones in pain. In the last moments before he took his last breath, Jesus saw his own mother in the crowd, who was unable to do anything except to watch her son die. Jesus felt the pain of being misunderstood. Jesus was, was put to death by religious leaders, soldiers, and everyday people who saw him as a criminal, a blasphemer, or a violent rebel. But in reality, Jesus was God in the flesh on a mission to love and rescue each one of them. Turn over to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3. So no, God isn't incapable of understanding our pain. Jesus, of course, who is God, he understands our pain very well. He experienced these things. Same things that you and I do. Philippians 3. Philippians 3, starting in verse 10. Philippians 3.10. says, this is Paul writing this. He says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has, has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in 
Christ Jesus. So Jesus showed us God understands our pain, but then Paul said he was trying to better understand Jesus' pain as well. Paul said he wanted to know and experience the power of Jesus' resurrection. That's what he says. Easter Sunday, the day we celebrate Jesus rising from the dead, is a day that every follower of Jesus loves to celebrate, right? And it's for good reason. Because Jesus' life is the reason that we can have life as well. And Paul was saying he wanted to have a new kind of life through the power of Jesus both now and for eternity. But Paul said he also wanted to experience the pain of Jesus' suffering as well. How often have you guys just said, Man, I, want to, I, want to, I want to go through the same kind of pain Jesus suffered through? That's not something we typically ask for. So does that mean Paul just wanted to sit thinking about Jesus' death until he felt more sad? Or does it mean he wanted to literally reenact the day Jesus went to the cross? No, not necessarily. Paul was saying he would put to death his old life in order to live his new life in Jesus. Just like Jesus died, Paul wanted to see his old life of sin die too. That's what, our, that's what we're called to do, right? We're called to put down our, our desires, put those things aside, right? Die to myself, right? Luke 9, 23. You guys, Bible drill? I know that one. You should, you, right? Put those things, kill those things, put those things away and look more like Jesus and live like him every day. Right, and then to put on the, and be this, this new person. No matter what Paul said, he would keep moving forward. That's what that Philippians 3.14, the last verse. He would keep moving forward, no matter what, focusing on a hopeful future because of Jesus and forgetting his painful and his sinful past. Remember, Paul was not the best of dudes, right? What did he do before he became Paul? Who was he? Saul. What did Saul do? He killed and imprisoned Christians. So he wasn't like the best dude out there, right? So he wanted to forget his past and, uh, and, and, and his sinful past and his painful past. So through his death and resurrection from the dead, Jesus gave us a chance to be rescued from sin and experience a new and abundant life with him. But that new life also involves death, right? Jesus' death, of course, as well as the death of our sins. And so when he died... He showed us that he understands our pain. And now we're invited to understand the pain of Jesus. When we're experiencing pain, Jesus reminds us that he understands what we're going through because he suffered it too. So that you're not alone. When we remember how much God gave, when we remember how Jesus experienced pain, we're reminded how much God gave in order to rescue us from sin as well. I know Easter's usually about celebrations and family gatherings, watching little kids hunt Easter eggs and whatever. But before... Easter Sunday came, what we call Good Friday, where Jesus suffered and died to make a way for us to be rescued from pain that comes from sin and death. When I was a kid, I was always like, always asked the question, why do we call it Good Friday? Jesus died, right? Anybody ever asked that question before? I remember asking that question as a kid, and I just, I don't understand it. And I remember I used to read, I used to read the newspaper when I was little. You guys know what a newspaper is, right? No? Okay. I'll, okay, let me be real. All I used to read were the comic strips in newspapers. That was it. I used to read the funnies. That's what I used to read. And there was one time, one time I was reading it, and it was the BC comics. You guys know what the BC is? And it takes place, like, with old... Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, but that's what... The, I guess so, because the, the people in the comic, the BC comic, they, they would... They were, like, build things with rocks and that kind of stuff. So they were living like they were before Christ. Thank you. Yeah. But anyways, there's this one... And it had this little ant crawling on some wood and changed where he was going on the piece of wood throughout the, the four series. 
and then ask, basically ask the question, you know, why did we call it Good Friday? And then the, the, you know, the last thing said something along the lines of, well, I think it's a pretty good thing when, when, you know, God paid for your sins with the death of his son, right? So that's what makes it good. Yes, it's sad that he died, but it's good on our behalf, right? It's good because we don't have to pay that debt that there's no way we could ever pay. Easter is a reminder that we don't follow a God who can't understand us when we're hurting. We follow a Savior who's right there with us and when we're hurting because Jesus understands our pain. So let me ask you this. What kind of pain are you feeling today? Are you feeling a, a physical pain? Can you relate to any of the ways Jesus was physically harmed by others? Maybe you have an illness or an injury or a disability that causes you pain. Jesus knows what it's like to experience physical pain. Or maybe it's, it's an emotional pain. Maybe you've ever felt left out, forgotten, or betrayed, or unwanted. Jesus had been there as well. Sometimes people are cruel on purpose, and sometimes life is just really difficult and complicated. And sometimes it just sucks. Sometimes people we love are hurting, and we feel like there's nothing we can do to fix it. No matter why you're hurting, Jesus knows what it's like to experience emotional pain as well. Or maybe it's spiritual pain. Maybe you're struggling right now because of a sin that feels like it has control of your life. If that's you, remember Jesus willingly took on the weight of your sin so you could have freedom and new life. I'm going to say that again because I don't think you guys paid attention enough on that one. Jesus willingly took on the weight of your sin so you could have freedom and new life. No reason to struggle through those things, to worry about those things. Jesus willingly took on the weight of your sin so you could have freedom and new life. You don't have to carry this alone. Your pain doesn't look like my pain, right? We don't, we don't experience the same kind of things. They're different from mine. But Jesus, he understands our pain, but sometimes in order to really believe that, we need to meet another person who at least tries to understand our pain. When you become aware of someone else's pain, you, you look to Jesus. And Jesus, we, we have a trailblazer whose paths we can follow. Jesus willingly chose to enter into our pain in order to help us find a way out. We don't need to literally die for each other in order to do that, but we can choose to get involved in each other's lives when things get painful. And we can press on together. The Apostle Paul talked about pressing on in his faith, but when life is painful, it's going to be difficult to do alone. So we need each other when life is painful, and we need each other to help us to put an end to our, our old sinful selves. And we can't do this alone. That's why we have community together. We need to pray with each other. When life is painful or we're struggling to move on from a sin that's controlling us, they can feel like we're the only one fighting that battle. Just like Jesus stands with us in our pain, we can stand with each other in prayer. So, I want you guys to find two or three people. That's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for each other. So that's what, you get it? So, find two or three people. I want you guys to kind of split up in the room right here where you can hear me still. That means you guys find your two or three you get off your butts and you move and you separate in the room. I'm going to tell you guys what we're praying for real quick. Two or three. So I want you guys to pray Pray for each other. Pray 
uh, for one thing that has brought pain to them or someone that they know. So that's what I want you to do. So I want you guys to, one person share first, say, hey, this is something that, I, that, that, uh, that, that is paining me, whether it be that emotional pain or physical pain or spiritual pain. You got it? So you're going to tell them real quick, hey, here's how I'm gonna, this, is what I'm, this is the pain I'm going through. So maybe kind of circle up. I'm going to so circle up. So say this was me. I'm saying this. The person to my left is going to be the one to pray for me. You got it? Then that person says something that they're going through. And now the person to their left prays for them. Got it? Do it. Go. Go. 